0: Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash And please tell your friends about us.
1: Welcome to America, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. Episode 10, Farming for Death.
2: What's so special about Hero breads—soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I don't,
1: I don't know if I really, like, fully committed to that. I don't know, but I'm sure there's probably a low-hanging pun for farming and we're crops just missing, like. Crops of murder. Now,
0: children um, of the corn.
1: Children, yeah. Murder of the corn. Except mine isn't set in like the Midwest, so it's not really a corn, Hmm. not really corny enough. Um, but uh, okay. Well, we'll just stick with farming for death. But um, before we get into that topic, how is your how's your quarantine going?
0: My. Quarantine is going as is is good. I can't complain. I'm very lucky that I can be in Arizona with my family. I did decide to sign up to uh, get a certification in HR, um, which is like kind of a boring thing to do. But apparently, this test is really hard. And I've been studying for two solid months. And I just realized the test is like two weeks away, and I'm panicking. So there's that
1: i like school i've always liked school i'm always an academic but yeah i kind of wonder if i were to go back how we do with the whole testing thing i feel Uh, like my brain is not as elastic as it once was as far as testing for things my Um, brain is
0: Swiss cheese
1: yeah um and i imagine like you know but i I imagine a lot of people are going through something similar as far as like it's probably hard to learn and retain right now during this weird time um well, uh, over here in New York City, it's um, seems like spring has finally sprung. Got up to eighty degrees on this day that I'm hey. recording this. Yeah, so it's really lovely dope. outside. So it is. It is indeed dope. Um, so before we get into the topic for the day, which is farms, if you guys hadn't already picked up on that, um, or crops or corn, not corn. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we kind of introduced this idea in the last episode of some weird news what what uh weird headline did you find in your travels this week
0: so this week i'm actually going back to new york city um at the beginning of this month there was a guy who was cleaning out um his mother's apartment and found a standalone freezer chest Um, Now, that alone is a weird article because who in the world has room for a standalone freezer chest in a New York City apartment? Uh, I don't even have a bed. I sleep on a pullout couch. Um, But that's not the weird story. The weird story is he found a decomposed body in this freezer chest. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, screamed, freaked out, called the police. They came on scene and detectives determined that this body was in there for 10 Years, 10 years. Was
1: it, was it a, a male or female corpse?
0: It's been, it was so decomposed. They couldn't figure out on site. And I've been trying to do Wait, research to.
1: Even if it's decomposed, <laughs> wouldn't you be able to see like a little shriveled up, you know, decomposed penis? A little shriveled penis? up what? <laughs> mummified penis.
0: I, I I don't know. They said it was like so decomposed and like taken apart. They couldn't figure out like what the gender was, what the ethnicity was, nothing. So I've been trying to do research to find any more information, but I don't know if coroner's office are just so backed up with like Corona cases right now. I can't find anything, but I have set my news alerts to the story. So hopefully I could do a case on it.
1: All right. Britt is on the case. The thought, you know, <laughs> the uh the thought process for me with this is it, it's both shocking and surprising and yet kind of not because with all all the people that live in the new york city area eight and a half million people maybe more um there's a lot of a lot of secrets out there and mm-hmm. uh you know you i i I always love the stories of like well love. It's also sad when you hear about like these exotic animals that are being kept in New York City apartments. Yes. You know, I've heard about like uh, giant snakes or or uh, big cats like uh, like tigers and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean the fact that this guy's mom, his mom, uh, yeah. had a had something makes me wonder. Like, I hope that it was. I hope it is not something. Especially like tragic, like someone that that went missing. I hope it was like a bad guy. I hope it yes. was some guy that, like you know tried to break into her house and oh my god, you know, great. Uh, and she just like took him out ten years ago and was like, well, now I got a body I got to <laughs> deal with.
0: <laughs> that would be and awesome. had he not
1: had he not visited his mom like and ever wondered what was in the freezer chest.
0: That's the thing that like how in this tiny New York apartment. Are you not like, yo, mom, what's in this extra freezer? They said it was like all duct taped up.
1: Yeah, that's kind of noticeable That screams decomposed body inside.
0: Yeah. And you the know? landlord said she was super particular about people coming in to do any touch ups on the building or anything like that. Understand. Well,
1: wouldn't you be? <laughs> it's like, I mean, listen, I, mean, I listen to so I much am true already, crime.
0: But... I'm weird about it anyway
1: i'm weird about it anyway just because i yeah, yeah. i have a weird thing about people being in my space but but so taped up so that means she was either oh man like wonder if this person was still alive when they put her in the freezer and like or and oh she taped it all up and just like talk about a horrible horrible death now i really hope yeah. it was a bad guy yeah well wow.
0: that would be great uh, what's your story
1: yeah um so this comes from the sun uh, out in the UK, it's, um, you know, obviously a tabloid uh, uh, paper. But the story is about a house in Louisiana, a supposedly haunted mansion. Now, the whole thing is, is it's being compared, according to The Sun, being compared to the Amityville Horror mm-hmm. House in uh, New York.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The deal is, is the listing of this real estate property. Is that it's giving it's being given away for free to anybody brave enough to live in it? But uh, the the person, oh, oh, the ex-resident claims that the spirit of her great grandmother still stirs the pot in the kitchen, and supposedly mm-hmm. the owners are desperate to get rid of this rundown house, um, and it uh, has a reputation for being haunted by previous occupants, including um, including this great-grandmother. It was a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house in Youngsville, Louisiana, built in the 1930s. And uh, the, the, there's some photos of the woman that supposedly haunted. And she, she looks like she could have a creepy uh, ghost grudge <laughs> to her. Now, um, so supposedly a lot of ex-residents and visitors have said that they've, indeed had spooky experiences in the house but someone else says that it's not a scary ghost that uh her name is adele and she was a sweet woman and um does she
0: say hello from the other menacing. side
1: no this is the thing is a, oh i got you yeah sorry it took <laughs> me a second um uh well done uh, that was i'm now just embarrassed it took me that long to pick up on that but supposedly as a ghost ghost adele was always cooking in the kitchen and always stirring something in the pot and now you can hear somebody picking up a lid in the kitchen or jangling pots or stirring a spoon a spectral spoon in the pots here's my thing it's like you know a four bedroom three bathroom house like assuming it's structurally sound that seems like a small trade-off for a free house you probably still have to pay taxes on it i'm guessing that's but, what i was gonna say um,
0: are you getting yeah, the so house but you need to get the property like you have to have the land where you're putting it is that what it is or you get all of it
1: yeah i i don't know it doesn't really get into that mm-hmm. part of it that's a solid question um and what do you do with the, uh, the freezer that's duct taped together? In the <laughs> house? No, no, that's not, that's Are not a you but going
0: to apply? It,
1: I don't know. I mean, I, it's, okay. So apparently it was updated in the 1960s. So it's not like, it seems like there's been some, uh, you know, some strange sounds in there as well. Like, yeah, I would totally take this house. Do I mean, it. It looks, it looks shabby, but it doesn't look like it's total disrepair it looks like it could be you know uh you know put you know updated even more um apparently they realized it was going to cost them 80 grand to demolish the house so uh yeah so that might be that that yeah i think it would be worth Taking it on. Nothing yeah. about this calls to mind the Amityville Horror House, by the way. I think this was the Sun just needing to have a clickbaity yeah. headline because totally. that was the site of, you know, uh, six murders, I believe. Yes. Uh, and um, horrible, horrible tragedy that then supposedly led to haunted activity. Uh, but This is yeah. just
0: like a grandma stirring yeah. soup.
1: Ooh, stirring <laughs> the, the crock pot the spoon well you don't start do we pot,
0: think that she would actually cook for you
1: maybe if you buy the ingredients and then just set them out yeah. like oh i hope no ghost accidentally makes me a casserole
0: totally that would be great i'm so sick of eating my own cooking during quarantine
1: yeah uh ghost cooking is the best but uh, you'll have to look at this photo. Perhaps we'll throw it up on the yeah, Instagram page. But she does. She does look like she. You know, if I encountered this, <laughs> the woman in this photo as a ghost, I would be. Uh, I would stop Scared. in my tracks. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, this was part of a plantation at one point, oh. which uh, that's not why we were talking about farms today, but it is uh, serendipitous. Yeah, Um, I'm uh, why don't I dive into my story first since since it's a plantation. Well, yeah, it's a plantation. And interestingly enough, is uh, in Louisiana. So just to set it up. Yeah, it just happens. I didn't plan it that way. It's just uh, it happened to uh, be coincidence. dink. So. Sounds of crying children, sounds of gunfire, mysterious smells vanishing objects uh suppose death of by poison by a poison birthday cake and spectral handprints seen in the mirror to this day this is the tale of the myrtles plantation in saint francisville louisiana uh let's kind of flashback a little bit the house was built in the 18th century 1796 to be precise uh St. Francisville is uh, about twenty-six miles north of Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, and ninety-eight miles northwest of New Orleans. Uh, the house, the style is a—it's. I've been there. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous home. Creole cottage-style houses, I believe, how they describe the architecture. Twenty-two rooms, two stories. This massive, gorgeous, uh, chandelier. I think it's uh, five hundred pounds mm-hmm. chandelier. This very, uh, long veranda that runs the entire uh, facade of the house and these, these cast iron railings. There's six chimneys. I know this is not architectural digest the podcast, but I I just, I, I, I love learning about the, the architecture. And, um, so I love architecture anyhow, but it doesn't, it, it does look like it would have hauntings, but it doesn't look scary or creepy. Um, now is home to tragedy and allegedly still home to ghosts. The, and it at one point existed on 600 acres at that point, it was called Laurel Grove. Now it has been, and it passed through a lot of hands over the years, but the original occupants were supposedly, uh, an indigenous tribe of, uh, the Tunica tribe of native Americans. So supposedly was a native American, ancient native American, Burial grounds. So I think we. Is this the first uh, Native American burial ground that we're talking about on this podcast? Uh,
0: on the main episode, yes. The Patreon uh, episode on the Dean house in Calgary was built on, sus- suspectedly built on Indian burial yeah. grounds. I mean, but it's fir- first one main the, episode.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, it's one of the, you know, classic tropes of any good ghost story uh indian burial ground but you know with reason like i i question some of the validity of some of these stories but you know obviously there were a lot of indigenous people that were here before Mm -hmm. the white folk came in and decided to uh you know take it for themselves anyhow said to be home to 12 ghosts supposedly 10 murders occurred in the house uh it has it was featured on unsolved mysteries where they said when they filmed there they experienced difficulties Uh, My old pals at Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters both have filmed there. And the house, interestingly enough, appeared in a November 1980 issue of Life Magazine as one of these uh, notoriously haunted locations. Now, let's talk about the one confirmed murder. There was really only one confirmed murder that uh, you could track down there. William Drew Winter, he was an attorney who lived on the plantation between 1865 and 1871. According to the Point Coupee, I could be mispronouncing that Point Coupee Democrat newspaper, which is a funny name for a newspaper.
0: It's so funny. He
1: he was teaching. Winter was teaching a Sunday school lesson in the gentleman's parlor of the house. He heard someone approach the house on horseback. The stranger called out to him and told him that he had some business with him. With Winter, Winter went outside. And was shot. He collapsed on the porch and he died.
0: Just like that?
1: Just like that. Those inside the house were stunned by the sound of gunfire and the retreating horse. And they went outside and they found the man uh, had fallen and died. And he was buried the following day, which is a fast burial. And a man named E.S. Weber was to stand trial for the murder, but no outcome of the case was ever recorded so it it seems that his killer, Winter's killer, remains unidentified and unpunished Um, and his wife, sadly uh, devastated by the event event and never remarried and she lived on the property with her mother and brothers until uh, she died at the age of 44 it's fairly young so there's that the other story in there as i said there are reported sounds of gunfire and whatnot surrounding the house perhaps a more popular tale is the story of a ghostly slave girl who is called chloe now this is actually a pretty famous ghost um in 1992 uh, the owner of the house photographed what appeared to be a slave girl standing between two of the buildings on the plantation and uh now this is a this is an impressive photograph from 1992 you guys will throw that up there on instagram Mm -hmm. as well national geographic actually filmed there and said that the photograph contained what appeared to be an apparition uh, of a slave girl now take this with a grain of salt when you're trying to write a story or talk about you know ghosts it always helps to say you have a photo but this is an impressive photo and um looks like a person and it's called the chloe postcard they still sell this at the myrtles plantation um supposedly the ghost of this girl has been seen in a green turban she wanders the place at night Sometimes there are cries of little children that accompany her appearance, and those who are sleeping are sometimes awakened by her face peering at them from the side of the bed, which is chilling, which is just a chilling chilling. account. There's a lot of problems with this, the the origins of Chloe. Um, Now, the story goes back to the 1950s. Uh, That's when the story seemed to be first recorded apparently the owner of the house at the time, Clark Woodruff, um, was said to have a, a, wandering eye and was promiscuous. And his wife was pregnant with their third child, allegedly. And he had an intimate relationship with one of his slaves who was Chloe. Mm. And she was known at one point she was, uh, sort of fell out of favor with woodruff and was was sort of dismissed to other tasks but she was caught eavesdropping on woodruff and his wife or his family having conversations and to punish her uh, she was her ear was cut off and she was then known to wear a green turban around her her head to hide the scar and then it was said that the family got sick that supposedly chloe put a small amount of poison into a birthday cake that was made for woodruff's oldest daughter and uh apparently the poison was crushed oleander flowers and two of the children sarah uh to the the two children of woodruff and sarah matilda his wife each had slices of the cake woodruff did not have any of it And they all supposedly died of poisoning as a result. And then um, the other slaves, to punish Chloe and to avoid punishment themselves, supposedly hanged her from a tree. And then her body was weighted and thrown into a river. Uh, And then the dining room where the children and the wife died um, was closed off and it was never used again as long as wood drift lived. There's a lot of questions about this. Um, so this is the popular ghost that on the Myrtle's website, they talk about that is known to haunt, um, this plantation. I hate, I always hate to be the one that like burst the bubble of ghost stories. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of truth mm. to this tale. Um, the Sarah Matilda Matilda, who was the mother did die tragically but from yellow fever um, ah. and her children which were not two daughters there was a son and a daughter died a year after she had more than a year after Sarah did and they didn't die from poisoning um, and uh, another daughter actually um, was in the picture who lived to a ripe old age and so it doesn't quite follow however you know obviously a lot of tragedy took place at this home i mean it was it was a plantation they did have slaves um and uh there are reports a lot of death including the the murder and then a lot of yellow fever and then things that we don't know certainly there had to be deaths that occurred on the property that we don't know about Mm -hmm. um and so yes there's this house or there's this mirror in the in the house and spectral images of the supposed murder victims from the the home are said to manifest i think it's kind of easily debunked the uh (laughs) the mirror not to be a buzzkill i think it's actually (laughs) just paneling behind the the mirror Mm, itself you're probably right um but the sounds of crying children people report that some people say that they've seen the ghost of a girl in a green turban there have been other photos documented of supposedly a a girl wearing a turban um some are questionable photos the chloe postcard is actually rather interesting to me that one i actually find intriguing um and then what's kind of a cool look cool tidbit is i love it when this stuff crosses over with pop culture there was a tv movie called the long hot summer filmed in uh uh, 1985 or it was released in 1985 and during filming the crew says that they arranged furniture in a game room uh and when they returned, when they came back and this is supposedly where the murders took place when they came back everything was moved back to its original place um so maybe it's Mm. a ghost maybe it's someone uh rearranging that you know furniture because uh, they're trying to be helpful who knows but so yeah a lot of stories that have emerged out of this and some facts a lot of fiction but regardless it would not surprise me that a location like this would carry uh energy and carry some sort of haunting associated with it so oh for um, sure
0: well and like, I, I under, of course, me, of all people, understands that murder is, you know, a good or interesting story to tell. And so, of course, the story of Chloe possibly poisoning them is an interesting story. But you don't have to be murdered to, like, leave your energy and a ghost behind. So even if they died of yellow fever, all of these people died of a, some sort of plague in this house, it's still their house and they can still haunt it and be active afterlife in there.
1: Well, even if, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think I say this a, a lot. There's no rule book to the paranormal that we know totally. of, and so even if people died peacefully and had a long life there, they're you know in theory leaving something behind. Uh, and yeah, there you know one documented murder. I seriously wouldn't be surprised to find out about more. But yeah. uh, you know, trying to look at both the the actual facts that have been recorded by historians and you know separate that from the lore although the lore and the legend is fun too and i just want to shout out to um i don't really think it's uh, very active these days but prairie uh, was really great about having um uh solid facts that uh you know not debunk didn't debunk the paranormal activity but they did a lot of research on this and, uh, I definitely leaned heavily on them for this. So thank you. Prairie ghosts, wherever you are. So, uh, so yeah, two Louisiana stories, Myrtle's plantation, definitely famous, highly recommend visiting it. Um, it's, uh, it's worth like taking a night, uh, away from new Orleans, from a new Orleans trip to check it out. Um, yeah, I really want
0: to go to new Orleans. Like that is one of the top places of mine. Once quarantine lifts. So,
1: yeah uh definitely understandably so it is uh i was actually supposed to go down there i think uh, during quarantine and then had had a detour Eh, it's okay a lot of people's plans were upset right like uh so but yeah it's well worth it it's um America is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch.
0: From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape.
2: Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's uh, That's what my friends call me.
0: Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life?
2: Oh sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah. We mo mo, wendigo, mogulon. We all we all hang out.
0: Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best.
2: We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there. So it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches.
0: So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your. uh, Watchy regions.
2: Don't you know it, that lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before and it ain't pretty, there's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop whoop! That's what what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs, but not with this lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all.
0: Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy.
2: <laughs> well, you know what they say about big feet, big shoes, big balls. Yep, right, sizable. Sasquatchicles, big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries, I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock. I can use it for ninety minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squatchicles right where they needs to be.
0: Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades.
2: Or even for a human like me who uses a shower.
0: Is the Manscaped Lawn Mower 3.0 getting you noticed down there?
2: Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches, or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden, because with that quiet stroke technology, it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look and And that's a very important part of the Squatch Code. you got to stay undercover, you know. I can even groom up my squasticles in the middle of the night because it's got an LED light on it so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are.
0: It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner.
2: Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped ball deodorant to, to make the cool smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk. Maybe we should
0: start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to Manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's...
2: Squatch-scaped!
0: No, no it's not. It's Manscaped.
1: Manscaped. The right tools for the job. But, I digress. What's, uh, where are we going? Where where are we farming for murder? We are
0: farming for murder in my heart of the Midwest. Um, I will confess I picked this week's topic, um, because this is my most favorite true crime story ever.
1: So you guys are setting, this is like a a lot of expectations setting a high bar right now. I,
0: I mean, this story has like a little bit of everything. Um, so I'm doing the story of, uh, my favorite female serial killer, um, a Midwest girl after my own heart and America's first documented black widow, Belle Gunness. So my main sources were legendsofamerica.com, biography.com, and then there's a really good article by Daniel Rennie on all things interesting.
1: It, to... Just just interject for a moment. Yeah. Is this also, even though you listed your sources, is that, do you know this story so well that you could just tell it without having Probab- done any probably. brush research?
0: I, probably, I did research to get dates and names um, right. cause there are a lot of people in this story and I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. Cause it's names and like, she was born in Norway, but then grew up in America, but like made friends with Norwegian people. So a lot of the names are confusing too, but, but lay it on me, lay it on. So like I said, Belle was born in Norway in 1859, um, and like typical Norwegian, you know. Uh, Western Europe type of women. She was tall, broad, big boned. Um, I'm from that kind of area. I'm 5'9". She was 5'9", 200 pounds. Like she was broad. Um, And she immigrated to the U.S. when she was 22 in search of like the great American life as so many people were as well as money and she settled in my home state of Chicago and worked as a servant for a wealthy family. In 1884, she was 25. She got married to a man named Mads Sorensen, uh, and together they opened a candy shop. So sweet. You think, I would never
1: go to a candy shop owned by a name named Mads Sorensen. That's like a serial (laughs) killer name right there, but... Well, he is
0: not the killer. Um... And I think a lot of people in Chicago probably felt the same way as you because the store was not remotely successful. Um, And one night, it just mysteriously burned down. So weird how that can happen. A fire can hit a building and nothing else around it. Um, So they collected the insurance money. And instead of reopening, they decided to just buy a home. Quickly after they got married, they had four kids. Carolyn Axel... Myrtle, and Lucy. Uh, However, Carolyn and Axel died as infants of acute colitis. Um, And if you don't know, interestingly, uh, poisoning and acute colitis have the same symptoms. So fever, diarrhea, stomach cramps. So uh, an interesting kind of comparison there. Uh, they did collect life insurance on both of those children and then adopted a 10 year old girl. So wow. now they have three kids, two are biologically there. So now we fast forward to 1900 and sadly, Mads has passed away. Um, the doctor that like went, immediately came on site said it looked like he had died of strychnine poisoning. But Bell was like, well, I don't know about that. Let's get a second opinion. So she went to another doctor who was like, oh, no, it's just regular heart failure. Um, so that's, that was the coroner's report was that it was regular heart, heart failure. And what is so interesting is the exact day he died just happened to be the same day that his two life insurance policies overlapped. Hmm. So his family demanded an autopsy and tried to figure out what happened because they truly believed that he was poisoned. Um, But Belle, like, kind of flirted with the cops and kind of swayed her way and nothing ended up happening. No charges were filed. And she was given $8,500, which in today's money would be $260,000. So that is a ton of money for back then. She ended up moving her three living children, the two regular children, then the adopted well, the adopted daughter is also regular, but like birthed children and then the adopted daughter. I realize I just triggered so many adopted kids. I'm
1: so sorry. are <laughs> gonna get letters, but not the good kind.
0: Nope. Sorry guys. You're regular too. Um uh, she moved them all to Laport. <laughs> You're LaPorte. not
1: making it better. <laughs>
0: I'm not, I'll just shut up. Uh, she moved them all to LaPorte, Indiana. Uh, because when you get rich, you decide to move out of the city and instead move to Indiana. Uh, people from Indiana, you can send me letters to Indiana kind of sinks. Um, moving in, she then fell in love with a local butcher, a man by the name of Peter Gunnis. Obviously, she marries him because they have the same last name. Um, They got married in 1902. And I want to point out to all you single ladies that at this time, Belle was 43 years old. So don't be discouraged. You know, if it can happen to Belle, who had this kind of shitty reputation at 43 years old, it can happen for all of us guys. Um, So keep the faith. So
1: wait, did she have a shitty reputation at the, at this point?
0: Well, not because they moved, but she did back in Chicago, which is part of why she moved.
1: Oh right, so maybe in Indiana, nobody knew. about Nobody
0: knew about it.
1: All right, okay.
0: So they got married in 1902 in April. In December that year, uh, Peter dies. He Bell told police that this butcher died because a sausage grinding machine fell off the top shelf onto his head. Uh, The local coroner came, said, nope, it's definitely murder. Um, And then one of her kids told her friend that Bell had actually hit him in the head with a cleaver. Like, I just want to say to this girl, like, your mom is nuts. Clearly she is nuts. Why would you say that? Like, you lived in Chicago, snitches get stitches, like, keep your mouth shut. Anyway, her brother-in-law uh, took his niece away, so I realize I didn't say this. Um, the butcher had a daughter from a previous marriage, And so when all of this happened, the brother-in-law took this girl away. Because he was like, yo, I'm pretty sure this is murder as well. Um, I don't want my niece to be with this crazy woman. And they alert the police and say this was definitely murder. But Belle puts on her charm again. And she was pregnant at the time with Peter Gunnis's baby. And the police don't charge her. No charges are ever filed, and she was given eighty nine thousand dollars in life insurance money.
1: Holy moly! Yeah, eighty nine thousand. Eighty nine thousand. Well, no, in, in today's money. In today's money, okay.
0: In today's money, which still yeah,
1: okay, yeah, oh yeah, after yeah, yeah. Two hundred
0: and sixty. Yeah. Like this woman is getting shit done. So, after that, she has the idea to put an ad in the newspaper looking for a partner. So she puts an ad in the personals that says, Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with a view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Um some of you might remember that I had triflers do. need not apply. Yep. In my dating profile uh, led to no success for me, um, which understandably so. Um, it did, however, work for her. And the men started rolling in to Indiana and never rolling out. Uh, her first suitor was Joe Moe. Can we also just like have a moment for his name? Joe
1: Mo. Not as cool as Mad Sorensen, but. No, that's true. (laughs)
0: Um, He was from Minnesota and he brought all his money to help, in quotes, pay off her mortgage uh, because she clearly had already paid it off with all this life insurance money. um, But brought all of his money to help pay off her mortgage uh, and never was seen again. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, shortly after, a man by the name of George Anderson from Missouri came up. Uh, He brought all his money, brought all his belongings, got moved in, ready for his new life with Belle. And in the middle of the night, he woke up to Belle leaning over him, holding a candle and, like, staring at him in the face. So you told your story about the scary woman stirring the pot. I imagine it's the same kind of face.
1: He jumped out of no the Chloe, ghost of Chloe also like was, is, uh, supposedly if it's Chloe known for like staring people in the, like when they wake up seeing her leaning over, although I think I would take the ghost of Chloe over, uh, over, uh, bell based on what yeah, you're saying. But for
0: sure. Well, he had the same vibe as you panicked, got dressed and just ran. He ran away, never came back for his things, never came back for his money, just like left. Um, in 1907, so a few years later, a man by the name of Ole Budsberg, his first name is O-L-E. The names in the story are also just what get me. Um, yeah. He's from Wisconsin, and he was seen at the LaPorte Savings Bank signing over all of his property to Bell. Um and so his sons found out and called up being like what is going on what's happening and bell answered the phone and was like i don't know what you're talking about i don't know who that name isn't familiar to me nope i don't know who it is and just acted like totally dumb so obviously she killed him too uh so how is she getting rid of all of these bodies? Cuz I'm only naming a few. There were yeah. a ton more. Um her ranch hand, Ray Lamphere was 10 years younger than her and madly in love with her. I don't know what it is. Like I'll post her picture on the Instagram. I don't think she was like a super hot chick, but well, apparently she just had her ways.
1: I yeah, I I was looking up uh photos of her. There's there's like One where she's younger, where she looks uh, a little crazy, but also (laughs) has an attractive, has an attractive appearance. But it also, you know, uh, apparently, like she ended up being quite. As as you mentioned earlier, she was a a solid woman. Yes, like you know, solid woman. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So Lampier, Lamp Lampier, Lampier is just
0: madly in love with her, and he's gonna do anything for her. So he is burying all these bodies, and you know, doing whatever she needs. But he starts to get jealous of the newest man that's arrived on the property, Andrew Hegelian Hegelian. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, And he kills him before the agreed upon time. So because he wasn't (laughs) able to give his family like enough, like, Hey, I've arrived, you know, all is good. the Andrew's family gets super suspicious. And so he, they go down to kind of see what's coming up. And bell freaks out thinking Ray is clearly a liability. And so she fires him and he starts threatening bell and her family and saying like really bad things. Um, And in 1908, he makes good on his promise. This was only like a few months later. Um, He burned down her house. The house goes up in flames. I mean, of course, it's like farmland of Indiana. So people aren't able to get on site super quick. And by the time they get there, the house is already totally burned down. And there are four corpses on site. The decapitated body of a woman and the bodies of three children. So, what happened? The yeah, coroner, where do they fit into the story? So the children were her children. Oh, okay. Um, but the the coroner comes in and notes a curious detail that the body of the woman would have only measured five feet three inches tall. So yeah. Bell was five nine, and where's the head? Uh, all Man. a little bit fishy.
1: She was a a big woman, like, you know, certainly not a, yeah. Um, A little
0: girl, and the body was only 5'3". So, very curious. Well, Ray was sentenced uh, for 21 years in prison uh, for murder and arson, um, but passed away a little bit later of tuberculosis. But before he passed away, he spilled those beans Uh, he confessed that he and Belle had put an ad in a paper for a housekeeper. The plan was to kill her, plant her body, and then he and Belle were going to run away together. But of course she fired him. Things got ugly between the two of them and she did run away, but not with him. Uh, she had supposedly been seen in Mississippi and California with all of her money just kind of living her own life after killing her children and killing estimates about 40 people. Um, after all of this, they of course dug up the grounds and found bodies of uh, eight identifiable people, seven men and then one girl. Um, they believed to possibly be the adopted daughter of Belle And then there's 16 unknown men and one woman. Legendsofamerica.com has a pretty good guess of who these bodies could be based on reports of missing people in surrounding areas, Um, but it's a long list. If you're curious, you can visit that site to kind of get the full rundown. But it is estimated that she killed about 40 people and then just went on the run, never to be caught, and that's Belle Gunness.
1: The just a couple little tidbits that I saw that I wanted to ask about. So um, to some people, I'm looking at the Daily News had an article about this. So do some people say that she had possibly murdered as many as 180 people? Oh, really? I've always kind of
0: heard 40, but I believe it, man. She was nutters.
1: Prolific, yeah. And um, is it accurate that... uh, This is like one of those stories that I was aware of, you know, tangentially, but I probably couldn't have, you know, quoted the name Belle Gunnis, other than just knowing there was like this woman that killed a lot of people. So this article says that, she took out a, uh, insurance policy on the house, like a, or visited a lawyer and took out, um, a will, I guess a half day before the fire. Is that,
0: I didn't know that, but I believe it. I mean, yeah. she was smart when it came to working all these insurance policies.
1: Apparently she, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, i don't know if i would say smart should i not speak with
0: her with as much aspiration you, as i
1: do you do seem like yeah this is not going to help I just that kind dating of profile feel like I
0: connect with her like i
1: this is not helpful this is also potential testimony you realize <laughs> that like or admissible evidence uh this podcast but so apparently so you say smart but She's not being very subtle. Like So apparently a half day before the fire, she visited a lawyer, drafted a will, uh, and specifically said, I'm afraid that full lamp here is going to kill me and burn my house. Yes, yes uh, she did say that. But, but then she bought <laughs> a five-gallon can of kerosene. <laughs> so this is not someone that's being particularly subtle. With I mean, it seems like she's just operating out into the, in the open and nobody nobody's really paying attention Uh, and and like this estimates that she may have uh, so she may have stolen upwards of six million dollars in today's money man yeah and she was a good thief
0: totally So
1: what happened to her
0: she went on the run there's a guy in california who thinks he might have been bamboozled by her going under the name I think Esther something like she changed her name and was just kind of going that her she fit the description um but she was never caught they don't know where she died like oh she another bit I like is she left her fake teeth on the scene so like the dentist was like oh well yeah this could be her but like she just left her fake teeth and then got new ones
1: well, so. with six million dollars or equivalent not? of six million dollars, she can teeth. Get afford you some, some nice new teeth.
0: teeth, girl. Uh
1: yeah. So it's like sighting like sighting the fur. Oh, I I know like so there's been there's been songs and stuff written about her. Yes. Um Hells and Bell. Yeah. Like, and then sightings of her continued uh until according to this article, until like nineteen thirty one. Um supposed sightings. Uh wow. Yep, that's
0: my girl, Bell. I just
1: find <laughs> I don't know whether I find the story more disturbing or the fact that you have such clear admiration.
0: You uh, know, it's like they didn't her. let women work back then. You know, we weren't allowed to hold down jobs. How else is this chick supposed to feed her family?
1: The family she killed? You mean?
0: Well, she kept them <laughs> alive for a while.
1: <laughs> uh. We should follow up on this. Apparently, they exhumed the grave that was believed to be her uh, when when people assumed it was her. Yes. Um, and I don't know if they did a DNA test or anything I on it. I but... think they
0: did, and I don't think the DNA matched.
1: Yeah. Well, she uh, she was busy. She's, Man.
0: she's a busy broad
1: i once dated a girl from Norway and now I'm, you know, I guess I'm glad that she didn't murder me. Uh, not, not leaping to the conclusion that all people from Norway want to murder <laughs> you, but
0: so many hate mail letters from this episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, Adopted well, I mean,
0: kids, Indiana, Norway.
1: I do want to hear from people in, you know, uh, Scandinavian countries if they, if they know anything about, uh, about totally. Bell. And I, I wonder if there's any, are there any archives of her letters still out there? Uh,
0: I don't know. There, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be something. She put so many ads in newspapers. There's got to be a newspaper somewhere with it.
1: <laughs> Someone should have put out a, a posing ad. By the way, uh, <laughs> this person has a lot of missing husbands. Um, so, <gasps> well, well, well done, Belle. Um, you know, uh, wherever you may be
0: wherever you may be. All All right. right.
1: Well, uh, that is truly disturbing. Um, but to, uh, to cleanse the palate of the murder and mayhem. Um, let's talk a little bit about some paranormal pop culture. What, Mm -hmm. uh, what are you into, uh, this week?
0: Uh, this week, actually, I have kind of something a little bit off the beaten path. My, well I call her my aunt she is my mom's best friend but she's been part of my life almost my whole life Um, she is a professional tarot reader and she shared with me these crazy Italian Oracle cards Uh, they're called intuity creative cards um, they're created by an artist named Matteo Di Pascal um, and a like tarot expert Alessandra Masicelli. But they are the most beautiful cards I've ever seen. And unlike tarot, where they can have kind of certain meanings where one can lead one way if it's next to another card, these just have stories with them, and they are the craziest stories ever I'll put pictures of them up on the Instagram so you guys can see but like you pull one card and it'll read you this story about like a man who's gambling and then like walks away from the gambling table with a smile on his face they're just like super abstract um or another one is like a story about a woman who goes down the stairs and with every step she turns more and more into a beast with like hair growing and then she starts crawling like a baby like they truly are the craziest cards i've ever seen
1: but they're that pretty cool. much sums up my current quarantine experience <laughs> i've become a hairy beast and uh you know i have to, to say I, on the floor.
0: you were one of the first people i started to kind of worry about with quarantine just because i know like your facial hair and like hair situation but looking at you now on the Zoom, you look like you always do
1: Well, the hair is is definitely shaggy, but I've had to, I've I've filmed, I don't know if I should be saying this, but we've been filming episodes of Paranormal Caught on Camera in quarantine, so I do have sort of a pseudo studio setup in my apartment, and um, so I've had to, you know, keep somewhat clean for those shoots, so uh, that is, without that, I would be rocking a full quarantine beard and going, going feral, I believe. But, uh, so yeah, uh, that's, that's the only reason I'm actually maintaining any kind of appearance (laughs) is for TV. Uh, so uh, you were right to worry. Uh, however, I do find like, man, like I do kind of need a haircut. I'm, I'm noticing like little wisps of of hair flying everywhere, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's not my pop culture recommendation for the week. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, although you should watch Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel. Every uh, Sunday. Every Sunday. Uh, even if whenever this, whenever you listen to this episode years from now, just turn it on on yeah. Sunday. See if it's airing. Uh, my uh, interest this week is... I actually just briefly forgot it. Um, <laughs> apparently it made such an impact on me. Um, no, I was watching more of lock and key on netflix and this Mm. is a little bit uh dated since their the show came out a few months back but yeah i've just been slowly uh following that through uh and it's a definitely a fun no i wouldn't say creepy i was a big fan of the graphic novels it's not really a creepy adaptation of those stories but it's definitely compelling and um i'm really enjoying the characters Within it, and the, the idea is that a family suffers a tragedy and, um, and their father dies, and they go back to his childhood home and uh, go to renovate it while they live in it. And they start discovering the three kids discover these keys, and each key has a different uh, opens sort of a different power or ability, or sometimes literally a door to another realm and it's horror tinged because other forces emerge, uh, seeking the power of these keys. And there's, you know, some other mysteries revolving around the family. And it's, um, it's, it's sort of the type of show that calls to mind, um, some of the like classic 80s entertainment, you know, kids, even though, even though there's a mom in the picture, even though there's adults around, it's very much kids left to their own devices to latchkey kids. Uh, to to I guess sort of literally. Uh, to Were battle. you a latchkey kid? No, 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 no. I was I was fortunate growing up that my mom uh, stayed at home and, uh, and and took care of us kids. Uh, and I was also as a youngest of five, wasn't really home alone that often. Yeah, that's uh, true. Until later on. Uh, when i was a teenager at that point but yeah so this calls to mind the idea of like one of the tropes of like some of those 80s movies and pop culture was there's there's adults in the picture but they're not really not really involved so the kids are left to their own devices to battle evil or uh you know deal with nefarious uh forces so kind of reminds me of that so in that way i'm kind of digging it um yeah so I think we've awesome. pretty much reached the end of yet another episode
0: if you like nightmerica please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash and consider leaving us a review on apple podcasts give us a follow on social media and share this with your friends
1: and if you'd like to share your paranormal stories or even seek paranormal advice which is for entertainment purposes only Email nightmericashow show at gmail.com.